to the Markeisha Hall podcast. I'm your host, Markeisha Hall. And today we have with us Heather from A Love for Special Learning. And she's a transition, I'm going to get this wrong. Heather, help me out. Transition facilitator. Thank you. I was going to say say coordinator, a transition facilitator for her school. And we thought that this was an important topic for parents to talk about because often, and Heather, you can chime in too, parents aren't as aware of what that looks like. Some parents have not even realized that there's planning that happens that goes into that. It's not just like, you know, a um, regular IEP meeting. So I'm going to let her introduce herself, and then we'll talk about some things that you would need to know about that. Yeah, so I'm Heather from A Love for Special Learning, and um, you can find me on Instagram, which is actually how I got connected with Markeisha. Um, I have a Facebook page. I sell my resources on Teachers Be Teachers. I also have a blog and a website as well, and I just recently um, launched a professional development to support uh, high school and transition teachers, special education teachers, and kind of understanding kind of what government benefits are and helping them get connected, um, get get their families and students connected with these benefits. Yeah. Um, so yes, Markeisha, when you call me a transition facilitator, yes, that is, you know, my, my title within the school that I work for, but um, there's definitely transition coordinators out there. Mm-hmm. Um, so the title may be a little different depending on where um, families are and mm-hmm. what kind of school they're in, but we all typically kind of help support uh, in very similar ways. Now, I connected with you, even though I, my son's only in first grade mm-hmm. and a lot of parents, um, you know, that I talk to are similar because that's where, that's where I am. They, you know, figure where we are mm-hmm. with their, with their child. But um, in talking with my best friend, her son is older. And I was like, did you know about, you know, some of the things that we have been talking about before? And she was like, no. Um, And she's very, you know, very involved. And there's just not enough, um, I feel like, awareness about what is a transition IEP? What are the, um, what are they working on? When should a parent start thinking about it? And it's um, interesting because, that's what the purpose of the IEP, right, is to prepare yep. them for the things that we're talking about at, trans- at the transition. So uh, independent living, uh, future employment for their education. However, it's not talked about until it seems like it's not talked about really until it's time for that to happen. Yeah. Um, so let's talk about how and when and when's a good time to start talking about transition Um the transitional IEP and what's yeah. going to happen for the parents. So a parent should expect to add a layer to their student's IEP sometime between 14 and 16 years old. So depending what state um, your student uh, goes to school and is going to determine whether they started, you know, the IEP transition plan. So it's a part of the IEP starts at 14. Some states are 14 and a half. Some states are until 16. Mm-hmm. And so um, at that point, it's just another section of the IEP. So it's just an additional part of the meeting. But that plan, that transition plan, one of the three transitions I'm going to talk about today, um, is really important because it takes in the voice of the family, it mm-hmm. takes in the voice of the student, and it takes in the voice of the IEP team. Mm-hmm. And everyone's voice kind of comes together and says, what do we see this student pursuing after they leave 
um, school? You know, what do they, do they want to go to college? Do they want to get a degree? Do they want to get a full-time job? Do they want to live on their own? Do they want to live with family? What kind of work do they want to do? Do they want to volunteer? Um, do they want to do day programming, adult day programming? So it really takes in all of those voices mm -hmm. and when everybody's voice comes together, you know, whoever's developing that IEP, the teacher or a case manager, um, they're going to write out what, you know, all those voices have, um, you know, kind of pointed out and hoped for, and they're going to develop outcomes. And the rest of that plan is working towards achieving those outcomes. Okay. And so parts of that transition plan would include um, you know, linkages or, you know, connections with agencies or other organizations in the community that the family and student can connect with to help achieve some of those goals that they have set for themselves. Um, it's also going to outline what is the school and IEP team doing to achieve those goals and what is the student and the family doing to kind mm -hmm. of achieve those goals. So it really is a culmination um, of everybody working together to help that student achieve what they want to achieve. Okay. After school. So I like that it's um, also involves the student. Yes. Um, I heard that and I know from looking at your page and I was, I fall. Um, one thing I found interesting too, is that we say kiddo. I saw that post. I think you did post. And <laughs> these, are, these are young adults and yes. to address them as, you know, as such. And I was like, that is so important to their autonomy. Mm -hmm. And so, that's what I'm now learning and looking into um, when I'm talking about or talking to parents and, and, and to um, older kiddo. Uh, look, I'm about to say it again. <laughs> Young adults, um, just changing that wording and respecting them in that way, right? Yes. It's those little things that that's why I love meeting people. Always, <laughs> always a learning thing. Um, always learning. Yes. So. With the next, what is the next um, step? Yeah, so we have, so we've, number one is transition plan. Number okay. two is transition programming. Okay. So um, this is transition services. It's also sometimes called, this can start once that student has a transition plan. Mm -hmm. But typically transition programming doesn't start until after that student has um, either, you know, met all the requirements for their diploma or their certificate. Mm -hmm. And so it's um, typically services between 18 and 22. There are states that go older than 22. I know Michigan off the top of my head, um, individuals can receive services up until they're 26. Okay. Um, and so it's that time after they graduate high school, after their senior year, but before um, the end of either their 22nd, 24th or 26th birthday. Okay. And so the focus of those years, right, um, is to really take those final steps in achieving the transition plan. And at this point, the transition plan is ebbed and flowed, and it's a living document, right? Mm -hmm. So what the student wanted to do when they were 15 is probably not what they want to do when they're 19, right? Mm -hmm. So it keeps updating and changing, and the programming should really continue to help them achieve those goals. So okay. a large portion of the transition program time might be spent in the community, so if the student wants to get a volunteer position, the student might be going out to volunteer sites in the community and working on those vocational skills. Mm -hmm. 
um, and they may be going and accessing their grocery store. They might be accessing um, local restaurants or the local bank or um, the local fitness center, whatever that might look like in their community. Um, there also are programs that support students in kind of making that shift between high school and a community college experience. So mm -hmm. there's transition programs that kind of help students who are used to receiving so much support automatically mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. they suddenly get to college and there's no supports and it's all on them. Mm -hmm. There's programs that help them kind of make that shift. Okay. Um, and so transition programming can look, you know, a hundred different ways right. and it is really all dependent on what, each student's transition plan looks like. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I I like that it's a changing document and that mm -hmm. you said that they actually are going into the community with the goals that they've set for themselves. Mm -hmm. So if it's a JC that there's programming that will help them get to that. It's not like just a drop off. Mm-hmm feel like a, a lot of parents feel like there is. And I think it's because you're just maybe you're just not aware it's what to ask for. And yep. if you, um, I know that when I was thinking transition IEPs before I came across um, your page is that it was just like you're transitioning from one grade to another grade. Like you're going from junior high to high school. Mm -hmm. You have a transition IEP because you're going to high school. And I didn't know that it entailed the things that you are talking about. So I'm interested to hear about number, uh, the, the third part. Yeah. I will note too, in transition programming, mm -hmm. um, the focus really shifts from being in a really academic in mm -hmm. nature to being more functional in nature. Mm -hmm. okay. And I think in my experience, sometimes families are like, Oh no, academics is over. Right. When really right. academics isn't over, we're just, putting it in different contexts. Mm. So we're mm -hmm. saying, you know, we're no longer sitting and working on worksheets in a classroom with mm -hmm. manipulatives, right? We've moved that into a functional setting. So we're now in the grocery store, dealing with money, making the hard decision between we only have $10 and our bill's 12, right? right. What do we need to take away? Right. So it's just, just that shift. Yeah. In, um, kind of, you know, the setting in the environment uh, is you know, we're, we're focusing more on that functional component now. Right. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. Which is just, you know, quote unquote, real life, right? We're always right. saying we're them for real life. That's yeah. real life, you know? <laughs> I think it's always hard too, because you, you know, just learning, learning so much is that you're programmed, even as a parent to be like grades, 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 grades. Mm -hmm. um, and then you get out to the world where you're like, I didn't use, I know you probably said this before too, like I never used that. You know, I learned this in high school, but I don't really use that now mm -hmm. <laughs> in my, in my everyday um, life, right. even though I have to take that class and pass it and, you know, on a roll or all those, all those things that are deemed super important, then you aren't able to do things like maybe pay your taxes mm -hmm. or, you know, mm -hmm. things like that. That's a real um, real world things that we're talking about. So I like that. And I didn't know about that with the transition yeah, transition program mm -hmm. in the community. So what's the third? Yeah. So then we have, so we have transition to life. So we've had the transition plan, which was the mm -hmm. outline. Then we mm -hmm. have transition programming, which is like actually practicing and living that. Right. Mm -hmm. And then we have transition to life. So nearing the end of transition programming, um, 
you know, the students should start really ideally living what their life is going to look like after they mm-hmm. exit mm-hmm. before they exit so that there isn't that cliff where it just, mm. you know, stops. Um, and so the best way to do that is really, to, you know, taking a look at the schedule and saying, if the student is going to be going to a work site three days mm-hmm. a week to, you know, work for four hours, that should be the life they're starting to live that last year of transition. Okay. And really, you know, finalizing all of those supports. So I think something that I've learned since being in transition um, is once a student and family really takes advantage of benefits and services and supports that are available to them, now, you know, the student is an adult, so they're through adult agencies typically, a whole world of supports opens up and they can achieve their goals and dreams usually a lot faster. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, there's that level of consistency. There's more long-term success. And so you don't want to wait. A family does not want to wait until that last year to say, okay, I'm going to start, you know, Mm -hmm. taking advantage of these benefits. No, it should start, you know, it can start in high school, really learning about what's out there and available so that when it gets to that point of the last year of transition programming is that it's just practice, practice, practice until they exit. And then life just continues on. There's no big cliff that they, that services end abruptly. That's not the goal. (laughs) The goal is to be smooth. Right. Yes. And and in order to do that is to start thinking about it early. Oh, definitely. If they aren't, if a parent is listening to this and they're not, um, their child is say 14, Mm -hmm. but they haven't had any talks about this. There was a transition IEP, but it didn't include a plan, a program, and like transition to life, this, the steps that you kind of just told us right now, who, what kind of wording and who should they kind of contact to, to help them um, with this? Yeah. So I would say reaching out to their student's case manager. Okay. Um, or if they just have like a, you know, their special education kind of teacher, their main contact, mm-hmm. um, I would just reach out and inquire to, you know, request a copy of the transition plan. Okay. Um, and based on their response, either a teacher's going to say they're not old enough yet. They don't, they don't need one yet. Mm-hmm. Um, and if they are old enough, they'll probably just, you know, send them a, it's probably a couple pages, two, three pages. Um, and the parent can review that and kind of see um, if what is written in that plan sounds accurate. Mm-hmm. Um, and since it's a living document, it can be amended. It can be updated and adjusted. And I think if the parent has that transition plan and they think it looks good and it's, you know, the student and everybody's on the same page, if they want to start talking about transition programming, Mm -hmm. um, that's definitely something they would go back to that teacher and say, can you connect me with somebody at the transition level? I'd like to talk about programming. Um, That can include touring, you know, the space, wherever that program Mm -hmm. is at, talking Mm -hmm. to someone about, you know, what does a typical, you know, schedule look like? Mm-hmm. Um, how frequently are they in the community? What are they doing there? What's the level of support in the community? Mm-hmm. Um, how long? Because de- you know every state is a little different. How long can they stay in transition programming okay. for? Okay. Um, and then I think if a student is in, if you know a parent student is in high school, especially junior senior, or is already in transition programming, um, I would reach out to the transition coordinator. It could be called a facilitator, like me. Okay. Um, and get connected with somebody and just start talking about what benefits are available. And when I say benefits, um, 
some people call them waivers too. Okay. So I'm talking about uh, SSI, mm-hmm. um, Medicaid, Medicaid mm-hmm. waivers, guardianship, mm-hmm. power of attorney, supported decision making, housing, public transportation, food assistance. I mean, respite services, therapies, right? The list goes on. Right. So, um, getting connected with somebody who's familiar with those in the area, it can start helping you, A, understand what they are, B, yes. which ones the student and family is eligible for, and then start taking those steps towards applying for them. Right. Yeah. Yeah, because I've heard that there's some states, you know, every state's different. That's why it's important to connect with your state. Mm-hmm. Um that there's the wait wait list for different types of programming could be long. Yes. <laughs> long and and in a process to kind of like for like maybe for SSI. It's, it's a process yes. to, to get those things. So being aware of that and what that looks like in your state is going to help not have that drop. Exactly. Like, like a cliff. It's like, oh, we're rolling online and it's like, phew. Yeah, and I know a lot of parents feel like that, and I'm sure you've um, talked to many parents who have felt like that, mm-hmm. oh, um, or have heard that before when they're reaching out to you. Yes, I'll yeah, tell you. Know. You know, the more and more I learn about government and community benefits, like the list I mentioned, the more it just confirms that this is not a fast process, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know. Nothing about taking advantage of a support or a service right. is going to be fast. Everything's right. going to take months or even years. And so yeah. thinking that you can just wait until that last year of transition programming to start mm-hmm. taking advantage. No, we need to start taking advantage when they turn, you know, 17, 18, mm-hmm. um, even earlier for some of those waivers. So, right. Yeah. Doing, well, a little, doing a little bit each year, you know, and waiting because sometimes... Um, once you secure one benefit, it will make it easier to get other benefits. And so it's worth it to commit the time early to make your job a little easier. You know, parents roll a little easier in the future. Yes. Yeah. Well, that was a plethora of information, (laughs) but I do know on your website that you have resources uh, for parents because they're listening to the podcast. They might be doing their morning jog or drop offs or in their car and they want to find some of your resources. I think we mentioned it a little bit in the beginning, but can you let them know what types of resources that they can access and how they can access them? Yeah, um, absolutely. So if you go to alove4speciallearning.com, I have a blog, a couple blogs specifically about transition planning. So if you go to my blog section and, and at the top, it says transition planning, you click there, you can read a couple blogs I have, you know, specifically for how to um, help families get, you know, engaged in the process. Um, I actually kind of give a hypothetical uh, journey of a family, which is very mm-hmm. typical of what I experience. Um, mm-hmm. Just to kind of, you know, hear what it might be like for another family who's going through it. Uh, and just, yeah, reach out. I'm happy to, you know, communicate with families via email, you know, fill out my contact form on the website or DM me on Instagram. I'm happy to chat. Yes. And what I liked, what I saw was your upcoming um, teacher teacher development. (laughs) I'm trying to say professional development. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Because I was talking to, um, I don't know, someone else about when I was a teacher, 
that sometimes it's not that the teacher just is like hiding the information. You know how the, <laughs> how it is sometimes it's like, oh, teachers and parents kind of are put at odds with each other. However, it could really be that you that your teacher didn't know. And I was using an example that like I taught special education, but I didn't know about adaptive scissors. And I'm doing this like they can see me. You guys can't see me, but I'm doing the scissor motion because I was a preschool teacher. I didn't know. Once I found out, I was like game changer for a lot of my students that weren't able to access like the regular um, scissors, right? So sometimes it isn't that the teacher is trying to keep the information from you. They may not know about all the different things, right? So it's important for you as a parent to be like, oh, hey, did you know that there's this professional development that's about transitions and, you know, X, Y, and Z and bringing it to them is also a great resource, not just to help your family, but to help, you know, the family that's coming beside you and and, um, behind you also. Exactly. I will say, having gone through my, you know, bachelor's degree, my master's degree in special education, another master's degree in special education, I never Mm -hmm. learned anything about benefits and supports and services, never touched on it. And it is so crucial to success, you know, after special education services end. And so um, absolutely, I just kind of saw this as something that was never addressed. And so a lot of teachers, they just don't know, right? They're just not aware or they've only been instructed to connect families with an adult agency mm-hmm. or connect them with, an, you know, a transition coordinator who may have hundreds of students they're trying to address. Right. And so it's definitely can be, you know, parents can definitely reach out and say, Hey, this would be, you know, great opportunity to learn. I want you to learn about this because, you right. know, I want, I want the support. I want to know more. Right. Yeah. So I, I love that. And I want to put that out there. Because I don't want teachers getting a bad rap. No, no, no. Love the teachers. I was Uh, there. I didn't know. I know. I didn't know either. Yeah. (laughs) I I totally understand what you meant. Like, I'm like, what? I'm still (laughs) learning things. Not in the classroom anymore, but still learning things. Like, what? I could have had that for, you know, I should have had that for Heather Mm -hmm. back in the day. I didn't know about (laughs) it. So now I'm going to let other people know about it so that, you know, it's not just always... I think um, sometimes it appears that teachers are like holding back stuff. And sometimes it's just that they don't, I, I, I didn't know. Right. It's not like you get a special education. Here's all the things you kind of just learn on your own. So I'm happy that you're putting that together for fellow teachers out there to be able to be able to help families. Cause that's why you get into teaching. Exactly. <laughs> right. You get into teaching because you want to help and you want to see your, your um, students succeed and families out there that are listening, you can help facilitate that. And just don't assume that the teacher knows um, some of these things that we're talking about, but bring it up to them. And, and um, yeah, let's, let's, um, so all, so all our kids can succeed. Right. I'm getting tongue tied. <laughs> help open the eyes, right? Help open everybody's eyes. Yeah. Yes. yes. So thank you so much for um, being a guest again. Um, well, we're gonna have some couple of other things that we're gonna be working on for you guys. Go ahead and follow and share. It might not be the information that you need for your child currently. Like I said, Joe's only in the first grade, but it is information that I was able to share with some of my friends and some of my 
um, old students actually, because um, they're like 15. Oh, oh, I'm aging myself. They're they're in that transition age, and I'm able to share it as a resource. So it's not may not be for your child currently because there's maybe little, but it is something that you can share because it might help another parent. So. Thank you. Thank you, Heather. Thank you so much. Have a good rest of your day. And um, thank you all for listening. Thank you. Bye-bye. Uh -huh.